Fan Drive Time, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. It's Ben Ennis. It's Blake Murphy. We are also live on Sportsnet 360 at 7 o'clock on Sportsnet. Like you need the reminder, Toronto Maple Leafs are going to play the Tampa Bay Lightning with a chance to eliminate them, to be the first team through to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Vegas Golden Knights will have a chance also later on tonight, but that game's at 10 o'clock. Yeah, so. we, we ran out of time, but I wanted to ask. I mean, Randy Carlisle is a uh, a former Winnipeg Jet. Yep. In the older era, I was curious his take on that one and that market because those crowds have been bananas. Uh-huh. Uh And they, I would really like to see them come back. That'd be great. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be bananas down at Scotiabank Arena. Uh, Probably. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, it's 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 not quite early on because the Lightning uh, take an early lead and take the crowd out of it, and people start thinking about the ghost. But uh, we'll see. Uh, Renault Lavoie of TVA Sports is there. He'd be able to tell us. Ren, uh, w- what is the the sense at at Scotiabank Arena headed uh, towards puck drop? Well, the guy, the, the the fans are just coming in right in the building, so uh, they're ready. They're ready. I feel like uh, everyone is kind of anxious to see how. Uh, this thing is going to turn to turn out, uh, but one thing for sure, you know, I was this morning uh, at uh, John Cooper's presser, and there was a really good question regarding uh, visiting teams in the last 17 games. The visiting teams won 14 games. Can you believe it? Like 14 all of the last 17 games, the road team uh, won that game. I mean, it's it's a crazy stat. Um, and I, in a way, I'm not saying the Maple Leafs are not going to win tonight. You hope that they're going to win. You hope that they'll they'll have that killer instinct. But at the same time, if you look at what's going on around the league right now, you, you kind of worry what's going on with the home teams. 14 out of 17 is not 17 out of 17. So you're right. It might not, yeah. it might not play out that way. What did you think of John Cooper kind of leaning into that talking point, though. Not only, yeah. not only, uh, of course, he got asked about uh, the yeah. visiting teams winning, but also leaning into, hey, sometimes the crowd can kind of edge against you, and I think that's especially pointed from John Cooper, given what the Leafs have been through the last six years. What do you think of, of him playing that kind of psychological card? Well, yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, sometimes you need to do it. I remember my my friend John Tortorella uh, in '04. We went Calgary. And uh, the Flames could have won the cup game six. Uh, and John came in front of us in the morning and said, I can't, I can't wait to see the Flames playing uh, in their home building with the cup inside their building. I can't see. I, I can't wait to see that. Like, he, he, he talked about it. And, yes, it's kind of a, the game inside the game, right? Uh, but, but you know, for John Cooper, uh, he knows that this is a, a tough crowd. And he believes that Game 7 last year, uh, that crowd kind of uh, helped his team. So that's why I think for the, the Lightning, it's really important to score the first goal uh, probably quickly. Uh, or probably it's going to be really important for the, the Maple Leafs to score that first goal in their own building. Because I believe that the Maple Leafs are really close here. Uh, I don't remember the last time I've seen a, a team with so much depth in Toronto. And uh, I'm pretty sure that the uh, the fans are happy to see the way uh, Kyle Dubas uh, built that team. Uh, there were fans in 2021, but not a full house. Uh, no. When, when the Maple Leafs blew that 3-1 series lead to the Montreal Canadiens, that that feels like a lifetime ago as far yeah. as the, the way we live our lives. But, but also from the roster perspective, um, can you compare what you've seen from this Maple Leafs team to, to, to what, what happened there in 2021? You know what? Uh, first of all, you know, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, they're not alone anymore, right? Uh, I mean, John Tavares was injured. Remember that? 
a, a really bad injury to start that that playoff series. I mean, that was that wasn't fun, uh, and nobody was uh, happy about it, even on the Montreal Canadiens side, because you don't you don't want to hurt uh, a guy like John Tavares. But you know, in a kind of a way, it helped the Montreal Canadiens. So uh, it's a little bit what we're seeing right now with Eric Cernak being out. I think this is a, this is a big blow for uh, the the Tampa Bay Lightning. But that being said, um, I, I, you know. For me, it's it's uh, the Luke Shen, uh, it's Noel Cherry, it's uh, it's Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, these guys—they're veterans. Uh, they they're not panicking. Even it's if it's 4-1 after 40 minutes, like it was in the last game, they're helping uh, the Mitch Marners of this world and and the Austin Matthews. They're guiding in a way because. You know, especially with Ryan O'Reilly, he won the cup with the the, the St. Louis Blues. He's a he's a leader. He's a natural leader. Uh, same thing with uh, Luke Shen. So, and, and we had a really good conversation today. Um, you know, a, a broadcasting chat uh, with uh, Sheldon Keith, and uh, and he said that Ryan is more a guy who's going to talk to the group, to the old group, and uh, Luke is more a guy who's going to talk one on one with the uh, with his teammates. So, I think that was great insight. And I believe that these two acquisitions with uh, a guy like Noel Cherry are, are are making the difference right now. So that's the difference uh, on the Leafs side compared to a couple years ago. Yep. You've also been around this Lightning team a lot over the last couple of years covering mm. uh, through to the Stanley Cup Finals. Do you feel anything different on the Tampa Bay Lightning side as well? Or is this this primarily a, a, Leafs, uh, a Leafs moment? Like, Are you sensing a, a kind of downturn, I guess, or end of the road for, for this Tampa Bay Lightning Corps? In a way, I, I feel uh, they look tired. Let's be honest. Like last game in Tampa, I was there, and like I couldn't believe um, the way they were playing in the third period. They were too tentative, and that's that's totally not Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, you know, type of hockey. But look, no disrespect to Nicholas uh, Perbix, no disrespect to Darren Radish, Zach Bogosian, Ian Cole, but for me, that's. That's the big difference here. With no Eric Cernak, Ryan McDonough is not here. Um, I mean, we're talking about players that are going to eat minutes. Like, they're going to be on the ice forever. And, uh, you know, they, they, they're going to make you pay. And it's going to be, if you're scoring goals, it's because you work really hard uh, to get that goal. So I think it's a, it's a mix, right? It's the Toronto Maple Leafs being a little bit more like the Tampa Bay Lightning of uh, maybe last year or two years ago. And it's the Tampa Bay Lightning being a little bit more of the, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs of last year or maybe two years ago. Uh, it's it's personal. It's it's not a question of uh, and yeah, they're play they're playing a different type of hockey. They're shooting more pucks, but they, they're taking uh, taking advantage of Toronto Maple Leafs of a you know a really bad situation with the the, the Tampa Bay Lightning decor. So then, uh, I guess you would you would come out like I, a lot of people are talking about the the, the bad numbers that Andre Vasilevsky has put up, like no, yeah. not just the save percentage, but like even the advanced stats have been horrible for him. I guess yeah. what you're saying is you would come down on the side of, hey, it's not his fault. He has he has not the right guys in front of him clearing out the front of the net. It's not his fault, yeah, uh, but in a way, and uh, you know, I'm old enough to remember and just uh, before. Uh, uh, we, we were on air. I was talking with a few of your colleagues about, you know, Dominic Hasek and, and Dominic Hasek, the way he was stealing games. You're going to say 
Renault, that was different kind of hockey, right? Um, there was a lot of uh, grabbing and <laughs> hooking and whatever you want to call it, the, the trap, and it was a different type of hockey. But I feel like Andrei Vasilevsky, for me, um, was always uh, the king uh, since Carey Price uh, was injured. And I, I'm looking at him right now, and, and I'm, I'm wondering where is, you know, how many key saves in the start of these playoffs? Like, you can count those key saves maybe even if after four games. I'm, I'm not sure that you have a full hand. So, and, and, and no disrespect there. No disrespect. And, and even John Cooper in our chat this morning said, you know what, I, I, I'm looking at the big picture right now. I feel like the Toronto Maple Leafs, every time they have a good scoring chance, uh, it's a goal. I don't know. Is it going to change? But it needs to change for the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, obviously, and for Andrei Vasilevsky. He needs he needs to steal one, and it's been a while since he steal a game. Yeah, I mean, he did steal to a, a degree game six and seven from the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, a season ago. So yep. it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he does it. I mean, you talked about the Lightning looking tired. I mean, could that apply to Vasilevsky as well? I, totally. I know he was rested down the stretch of the regular season, but he's played every game in this series, and obviously the long playoff runs. Totally. I mean, it's it's obvious, um, and, and it's human, right? I mean, that plate is a, that that goalie's a monster, and I feel like the monster right now is uh, a little bit like exhausted because of the last three years. And remember that the first two the first two Stanley Cup that they won, it was less than you know uh, 365 days. Is is one in a span of 10 months. I've never seen that before. That was because of COVID. So that's a lot of hockey. Uh, they went to the Stanley Cup final last year. I think it, it was great to see them at the Stanley Cup final. Um, but, they, you know, they, they, there was kind of a energy issue and injuries issue. Uh, but but that being said, um, this year, I felt a, a little bit like this. It, you, it feels a little bit like the same, not not only in, during the playoffs, in these playoffs, but after the trading deadline, that's, that team was struggling. Uh, on, since Valentine's Day, uh, and if we forget the, the playoffs here, but to, to end the season, there were two games on, under 500. When was the last time the Tampa Bay Lightning in a, I don't know, 32-game stretch was under 500 i don't remember mm -hmm. no it's, it's incredible they've already that this could be their uh third four game losing streak since uh the yep. middle of month uh, of march and and here's the thing is there's not this is a two day off between games that's as much rest as you're getting there's not yep. there's yeah. nothing changing as this playoff run goes on and even if they do make some changes to, to freshen things up you know we know they're banged up um there was some thought that michael a simon could come back yep. tonight uh is there is there anything on that are we still a little too early for that renee in terms of uh tampa bay lineup changes well, i believe he's gonna play uh because he he was one of the first guy out this morning at morning skate and uh tanner Janal uh did some extra uh, extra with flurry so you know i don't know if it they're playing with us uh with the media and and the, and the Toronto Maple Police, but I I don't you know I don't believe that Michael uh, uh, Simon's gonna you know uh, be a, a big factor. What you hope for is uh, that you know skating wise he's gonna uh, make sure he's he's a, he's obviously in better health anyway than than Tanner Janot. So he, I mean Tanner looks a little slow, which is, which which is totally normal after. Uh, what happened to him three weeks ago. Yeah. But that being said, um, yeah, you have to expect uh, a little 
you know, line and lineup tweak, but nothing major. Are you surprised the Maple Leafs didn't have a, a lineup tweak and that, and that Michael Bunting is not back in the lineup despite being available to, to the Maple Leafs for tonight's game? I think, I think you know, Michael Bunting did a lot of really good things for the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs in a way. And I, I know uh, it, in a way what he did is really helping. What he did in game one is if you go back to John Cooper's reaction, uh, on the bench when he saw, uh, you know, Eric Cernak uh, down on the ice, he, he couldn't believe it. And he knew right from the get-go that, that that's really not a good news for his team. And um, as much as you don't want to see uh, players being injured, um, one thing for sure, he's not in the lineup. And the Toronto Maple Leafs are taking advantage of it. Um, and I believe that you know he's going to be back at one point. If it, yeah. if it's he's not going to play tonight, and it's after three wins, why why would you change or tweak your lineup? I mean, uh, Michael Bunting is is a hockey player. He, he's playing the right ways. He's going to play again in the Toronto Maple Leafs lineup in these playoffs, no doubt. So I don't. It's just a question of hey, things are going well right now. It's not time to to do any changes. Hey, uh, Ren, uh, it should be exciting either way tonight. Um, I can't wait to see what happens over these 60, may, hey, maybe more than 60 minutes tonight. Uh, thanks so much for doing this. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Take care. All right, you too. There's Ren Olavois of uh, TVA Sports. And going back to 2021, and yeah, the horrible, horrific-looking knee to the face of John Tavares from Corey Perry. Do we have to? Well, but this is it. Like when we're talking about Eric Chernak and right the, the Michael Bunting thing, and we're talking about the Andre Vasilevsky point shot stuff, and hey, I can't see through human beings. I'm not a superhuman, despite the fact that I put up superhuman numbers in the postseason. And Eric Chernak is not the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs and John Tavares, but I mean, you, you look at a couple of games that have gone to overtime, one game in which a three goal lead was blown in the third period. You don't think the Lightning, if they in fact lose this series and Chernak doesn't play another game outside of the whatever minutes he played in game one, aren't going to be looking at that as the pivotal moment of this entire series. And yeah, Michael Bunting hasn't come back. And, and again, that, that was a guy that was expected to be a pivotal part of this Maple Leafs team. He's a top six forward. He played in the top line the majority of the season. But yeah, it really does feel like the Chernak thing is going under-discussed a bit. I mean, it's also... It, maybe it goes under discussed, but how much is there to say about it, right? Like he's out and they're missing one of their top defensemen and defensive depth was already one of the biggest question marks facing this team in this series. So yeah. that's, that's pretty but much wanna, it, right? I, like, I think like, you put it in the bucket. Like I mentioned the luck thing, like you put it in that bucket for the Maple Leafs. Sure. Again, like, uh, you don't want here's, anybody here's the suffering thing. a head injury. But. Of course. So from the Tampa Bay Lightning perspective, absolutely. You can look at that as, as a, a big part of these circumstances. You And look, this Tampa Bay Lightning team, Basically, everyone notable is still, with the exception of, like, Ian Cole and Alex Kalorn, are, they're all under contract for next year. Like, this team is coming back unless they hit a monumental blow-it-up button that just doesn't really seem feasible. So, look, maybe that's that's what you tuck yourself in with, that, hey, uh, Chernak wa- was out, and there were a couple other injuries, and Hedman wasn't 100%, and now we have an off-season of proper rest and reset, and we're going to get another kick at this next year. That side of it is totally understandable. If you're on the Leaf side of it, 
don't think about it at all. Like no. this is something that happens. It's happened to you. Yeah, it's happened, happened to, to you. A, it's happened to a lot. Mark Scheifele's out tonight as the Jets try to try well, his off elimination. Like it's very unfortunate and it's absolutely under no circumstances. Would you ever do it intentional or want to win that way? But these things happen. And, and I think there is a risk of overthinking or giving too much. Like you say, we may be under talk about it, maybe from an analysis standpoint, mm-hmm. but if I'm on the leaf side and I'm in that room, I don't want to give it lip service at all because you no. got to face the team that that's in front of you and, and you can't start having the, well, yeah, we yeah, came yeah. back twice in a row, but we did it with no Chernak and you can't add the qualifiers to your own successes because they've been too rare and you need to get this <laughs> one more. Like yeah. you can't think about it. Oh, oh no. Eric Chernak's out and, and what a, yeah, that's we, Take the wins back, Tampa Bay. They're not fair. Well, yeah. I mean, again, going back to the six straight winner-take-all games that have been lost um, and the ten straight um, chances to eliminate the other team and how many of those have been in overtime. You just need one stupid goal. Like, you needed a goal in any of those overtime games. Uh, In games five and six went to overtime against the Montreal Canadiens. Game six last year against the Tampa Bay Lightning going overtime. You just need one goal. You couldn't find one goal. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's okay that... Yeah, some bad injury luck hits the the Tampa Bay Lightning in an area that they're at least um, equipped, I guess, to to overcome that. Yeah, I just, I, I guess, I the, where I have not issue with it, but just I don't love the framing of it is is like at, in the good luck pile because, like, to me, it's not. I, I don't like calling injuries like good luck, right? It's just like stuff that happens over the course of yeah, playoff series yeah. and playoff and it's, runs. It's also like and kinda... you also did lose bunting for three of those games, yeah, right? Well, and, and, and like bunting is on your own bunting is not as valuable as Chernak in this series, especially given Tampa Bay's defensive yeah. uh, lack of defensive depth. It's also um, hard to call it luck when like, hey, and I know uh, uh, Nick Foligno had to, to fight Corey Perry after the knee to the face, but that was clearly an accident. And what mm-hmm. Michael Bunting did to Eric Chernak was not an no accident. so anyway it's I, I agree that from an analysis standpoint like if the Leafs win tonight and the Bruins win tomorrow we are absolutely not going to set up that Bruins series starting tomorrow and probably more heavily on Monday and say well the Leafs did this this and this against Tampa Bay's defense and Tampa Bay is the three-time defending Eastern Conference champions and this is what their blue line looks like on paper so this is what the Leafs can do to the Bruins mm-hmm. no that's it's relevant information I just think if you are inside those walls any anything that has happened to date that is not like tactical stuff or the raw raw we came back from down big twice it doesn't have a a place in there because it's a seed of doubt and you can't really not even a seed of doubt it's just it's a qualifier on your own victories and i don't think you want that anywhere in there and i don't think if you're a leaf fan you like i don't know i I don't think you want to think about it too much either just because it it happened and, and that's that's Honest, all there is with injuries. Yeah, honestly, like any of the qualifier stuff, like that is for future rounds for this mm-hmm. team in the postseason because it's just about getting one under under their belts. And we've talked mm-hmm. forever, you know, in the last more than a half decade about this team just being able to win one round, how how much that would satiate the conversation, how that they, they could go on a Stanley Cup run after that. Um, but yeah, winning tonight would go a long way. You know what's insane? Like from a Tampa Bay Lightning perspective, not just that Andre Vasilevsky, one of the greatest, not just, you know, recent goaltenders, um, but like one of the all-time greats, like he's going to moonwalk his way into the Hockey Hall of Fame at the conclusion of his career, two-time Stanley Cup champion, made three straight Stanley Cup finals, um, him underperforming. But that Braden point after the incredible goal-scoring season that he had and a top-five, five-on-five goal-scoring season that he's had, Nikita Kucherov, former Hart Trophy winner, 
Neither of those guys in the entire series have a five-on-five goal. They don't. Uh, now, that is much more a results thing than a process thing because yes. those two guys are one-two yes. in the entire series yes. in forcing turnovers from the Leafs' defense, and they have been all over the place. And, and, I mean, certainly on the power play, you felt it. Kucherov has at times looked like, you know, not on balance for the entire series maybe, but at times he has looked like the best player in the series. And, yeah. and that was kind of a thing that turned in last year's series too is he was fairly invisible early on. And then it was, oh, Kucherov showed up. And this is a big, big problem for the Toronto Maple Leafs defense and their forwards in their own end and stuff. They are, those two guys together are turnover machines. Um, So yeah, that's a, that's another thing to watch out for tonight is, is maybe you don't, you know, you have to tighten up that aspect of it because as much as there are things you can do better and there are some variance things that are going to maybe nudge your way, um, your shooting percentage might nudge down. And yeah, you can't keep getting away with, defensive and low neutral zone turnovers to guys as dangerous as that. No, uh, you can't. Uh, it's worked out so far, but unlikely to continue. All right. So tonight's uh, Toronto Maple Leafs 50, 50 draw is currently up to $50,425 to get your tickets. You go to 5050.mapleleafs.com and help change the game. All right. It's time now for last call. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Let's start with the Toronto Maple Leafs trying to close out the Tampa Bay Lightning as, uh, what, they are minus 157 favorites on the puck line, minus one and a half. Uh, that's paying plus 165. And uh, the Lightning on the money line, plus 133 to win the hockey game and extend it to six games. Uh, game six, of course, would be on Saturday night. In Tampa, the total six and a half over is uh, getting the juice minus 112 and one NBA playoff game tonight as the Boston Celtics with another opportunity to eliminate the Atlanta Hawks. They failed to do so in game five. It's game six back in Atlanta and on the road. The Celtics are seven point favorites on the money line minus 300 uh, the Hawks plus 240, and the total 230 and a half. And that was Last Call, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. I have another last call for you, also on Bet Rivers. Toronto Marley's minus 137 tonight. Uh, we got, I've <laughs> joked about, this isn't just about the Leafs, it's about the treble. The Marley's game one tonight, the Growlers can go up 3-1 in their ECHL playoff series and the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's a, it's a up and down the organization uh, playoff night. I, I want to meet the person that is two screening with the Leafs and the Marlies. Like that's three screening, but I said the yeah, Growlers I, are playing too. I don't. How do you watch the Growlers game? Is it I'll, easy to do? I'll find a way. You right here. Heart, <laughs> heart is how you do it. Well, speaking of the Newfoundland Growlers, I don't. Are you? Who are you thinking about tonight? Uh, like a longtime Leaf fan and your dad living out in Newfoundland. Yeah. That's who I was going to reference. Yeah, the, the Growlers right now, by the way, are up three nothing. Right. Uh, that one has already started because Newfoundland time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I talked to my dad like. I mean, he's my dad. I talk to him regularly enough anyway, but um, the Leafs are a big thing that we talk about. And I've been thinking about this a little bit during this playoff run, because anytime the Leafs reach the playoffs, but especially with things going in a, in a fun and and forgive me, but positive way so far, um, it's interesting to reflect on, you know, I have a, a DM conversation with a friend from high school. I haven't really been in touch with, but we occasionally talk about hockey. I have friends that I played hockey with growing up who like, the only time we talk is like when he wants to complain about Mitch Marner. Like there are touch points like that, but yeah, my dad is the the big one, right? Like I, I grew up 
where every Saturday night, you know, first two periods of Hockey Night in Canada on TV and then the third period on the radio because we're driving to my dad's Saturday night pickup game. And as a kid, I get to go and like play mini sticks while he plays uh, pickup and stuff like that. And it's, you know, one of the primary things we, we still talk about all the time. So I'm very excited for not just my dad, but anyone who's in that situation, right? There's been a lot of negative in those hockey, in those Toronto Maple Leafs uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. over the years and there's a, a slight window to make that uh make those associations a little more positive now hey my tonight. dad was in the building in 1967 just turned 72 wow. the other day thinking about him he'll be happy watching birthday the game tonight all right we're gonna continue on sportsnet 360 because we're not done but on uh, sportsnet 590 the fan enjoy toronto maple leafs pregame leafs and uh tampa bay lightning fan drive time ben annis blake murphy sportsnet 590 the fan sportsnet 360 Everything you need to know about the Blue Jays. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, this is the fan drive time. Yeah, and when the other shows do this, you know, usually it's a, it's on YouTube as well. No, uh, we're just on TV. We're just talking to you, dedicated Sportsnet 360 viewer. How's it going? Uh, it's fan drive time. It's Ben Ennis. It's Blake Murphy. And look, let's be honest. Um, there are there is a Leaf game that starts in half an hour mm-hmm. on Fan Five Ninety right now. There is Leafs pregame. Mm-hmm. There's of course the the Sportsnet usual panel. So if you are tuning into this and you're like, why aren't they talking about hockey? We just talked about hockey for ninety minutes. We're probably going to do some basketball right now. Yeah, because there was uh, a pretty incredible slate of postseason games yesterday, highlighted by Jimmy Butler going off again. Uh, some of us made a, a ducat or two wagering on on Jimmy Butler to score at least the game tying bucket at the end of regulation. Uh, Nobody has gone broke betting on Jimmy Butler to do Jimmy Butler things in the playoffs. The only people who have gone broke betting on Jimmy Butler are the Chicago Bulls, Minnesota Timberwolves, and Philadelphia 76ers for betting uh, that they were better off without him. Yeah, no, that was a mistake because Jimmy Butler's really, really, really good, really cares. Like, there's just there's no downside to Jimmy Butler come the postseason. Only Pete Kawhi can beat him in a game seven. It's pretty ridiculous and, and like hyperbole there's a risk of it. Sometimes there's not really with, with Jimmy Butler's playoff performance, because this is, this is a guy who yes, during the regular season is still a a borderline all NBA player, but he doesn't really shoot threes. He's obviously, you wouldn't expect someone that with that much experience to be locked in moment to moment. Yeah. The heat won 44 games. They were also one loss away from not even being in the playoffs altogether. Um, There is, and it's harder over 82 to be one guy kind of pulling your team like this and doing this every night. There are a lot of guys who are a little bit better in the playoffs or their minutes go up or, you know, the opposite of that, where once you can game plan for a guy's strengths and exploit his weaknesses, guys go down. There is with the exception of Kawhi, when we saw it with the Spurs and certainly with the Raptors and the unfortunately brief glimpses, we've seen it with the Clippers. Kawhi has that next gear in him where Kawhi is an, all-world MVP-level player when healthy during the regular season, but is absolutely not locked in and turning it on 100%. We've, we saw that a couple times. The only player who I think has the switch to that level is Jimmy Butler. And there are, there are players who are better than Jimmy Butler, but the gap and the jump between regular season play and big moment play, uh, it's hard to see anyone else like that. And Jimmy Butler has done it not once, 
not twice. He's done it a, a whole bunch of times. And yeah, there, there have well, been, he probably won't do it at the Mecca where he plays his next postseason series. Like I, I can't wait to see the heat yeah. and Knicks from a multitude of, of, of different reasons, but no, he's, he was incredible. I, he's, I, he's been incredible. And it's, it's pretty remarkable to trace back where Jimmy Butler has come from. And now that he's facing Tom Thibodeau, yeah. uh, where they have both come from places yeah. where it maybe didn't work out all the way. And teams decided, ah, we should try something else. And no, it's like, sure. Maybe the something else you're going to try is a little easier on the day to day. And maybe works a tiny bit better over 82. Who knows? But it's not going to work better in the playoffs. Think back to that 2019 series. Like Joel Embiid's the best player on the 76ers, but who are you most afraid yeah. of? No, it was Jimmy Butler. Think back to even the odd regular season game during Jimmy Butler's Chicago Bulls tenure where it, it honestly feels like he's had more than one series against the Raptors because I have memories of so many big Jimmy Butler moments. He scored 51 points against the Raptors and 40 of them were in a half in 2016. <laughs> like I have the article that I wrote Wait, in front of me, 40 and a half. Yeah. January 4th, 2016 <laughs> or January 3rd, 2016. Cause this is the post game. So this would have gone yeah. up the next morning. And yeah, I have a quote in here, a Wyatt Earp quote. You're going to do something. You're just going to stand there and bleed. <laughs> and Jimmy Butler uh, like did something about it. 40 second half. Something's is what he did about oh, it. Um, no, anyway, I, I, he is. Uh, yeah. I think we're on the same page when it comes to Jimmy. Butler. He's ridiculous. Maybe, maybe less so. Although I like, I was going to say maybe less so uh, Russell Westbrook. But I'm I'm kind of like I, I, I mean, find him entertaining. But like, also, Jimmy, there's there can be no debate. Like, the who Westbrook, hates Jimmy Butler. Uh, uh, only maybe uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, yeah, Andrew Wiggins, maybe Carl yeah. Anthony Towns, perhaps. But like, don't you think? I mean, Wiggins eventually figured out what that playoff. You know, yeah. the Leafsy. Hey, how, you got to learn how to win, and you be more like Jimmy Butler. He eventually learned it and cat doesn't have it yet. Right. Like, do you, do you not think those guys yeah. might want that guy back? Do you not think Joel Embiid would rather be going through this with Jimmy Butler than yeah. Ben Simmons, who they not directly, but effectively chose over Jimmy Butler and then yeah. flipped for James Harden, who is the inverse of Jimmy Butler when yeah. it comes to playoff versus regular season. Yeah. Um, there's a lot there. So, the rust thing, I mean, we've we've done it before, right? Yeah, it's, uh, we don't need to do the rust. Thing. No, it, and it's not uh, the difference with the rust thing is it's not me thinking he's still good and has that like like is still that guy. I just find him fascinating no, as is. a honey oh, a man. It doesn't. Nobody looks like they're trying harder. Nobody is probably trying harder. Nobody cares. Like Russ cares a bunch. Like there's mm-hmm. there's no effort level problem with him. Where you could have argued maybe the Cat and Wiggins uh, T Wolves version. Uh, there was anyway. So that's part of the story. And we talked about Jimmy Butler. It's incredible. They they the bigger story though is the best team in the well, NBA. H- hang on, sorry. I want I want to do an, one more thing on the the Heat with you before we get to the Giannis side of it okay. because that is a big deal. But we are headed for a revival of a once legendary Eastern conference rivalry between the heat and the Knicks. And it's, it was very unlikely that we would get here. The Knicks are obviously a fun younger team. Um, They play that kind of eighties, nineties style Knicks basketball where they grind it out and they're playing against like the Knicks are basically baby heat culture right now. Mm. And it's heat culture against baby heat culture or or eighties, nineties, Knicks culture. Um, I'm curious what your excitement level is for that series. Or if the first round, upset of it all what was the primary thing you were interested no, in. No, I'm excited about it. And my my reptilian brain, like my first gut instinct is, hey, that'll be a fun series, but that team can't win a title. But then you look around and you're like, who can't win a title? And 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 it's it's I guess like the Suns would be the the team that I put if I had to put all my my earthly belongings 
behind a team. It would be the team with Kevin Durant, who was the favorite going into the postseason. But we looked at them, you know, it, it was a, if there was going to be uh, a couple of teams on a track to meet in the final, it would have been the Bucs and the Suns. But now that the Bucs are just blown up in the See, East, and I, now I that had the Celtics, Celtics, I had the Celtics I, making the finals how, in the first place. Okay, but how, like you, then the Celtics may, again, make a finals like they did a, a season ago, but has anything that's happened here, Joe Mazzula and, and the, the whole Hawks of it all, impressed you with the, the Celtics and, t- and told you that that is a, a clear-cut route to the finals for them? They can barely get through the Hawks if they can at all. I mean, it's a huge game for them tonight. Yeah, it, it is, and it, it kind of... I, I kind of don't think it's it's that bad in Boston. I know the the energy around it and some of the quotes around it last game it, it were not great. And trust me, I would love to sit here and poke holes in the Celtics. I think there is an element of this and of, you know, that game five loss was hubris. They thought it was a gentleman sweep and, and it was fairly wrapped yeah, up. That's that's a pretty horrible uh, fatal flaw to have it in is, your DNA. But part of why they would have that is because Boston Celtics basketball in general is fairly well suited for a matchup with the 76ers. And I do wonder if there's been a bit of a hesitation to adjust too much in that series, because the way they operate as a base strategy is how they're going to want to play for Philly. Do you really to pull out one last win against Atlanta? Do you want to change too much and and get away from your core philosophies? And and how many times is Trey young who has had awesome playoff moments, but shoots below 30% on threes in his playoff career. Like how often are you going to rely on that? I'll be curious to turn over to that one. That's not uh, that one doesn't start until eight 30. So you can, Assuming Leafs lightning doesn't go to overtime, we'll yeah, be able gotcha, to, yeah. to double dip that oh, one. Man, yesterday you had a couple of games like the, the, the box yes. game and then the warriors game, not my like... favorite scheduling. <laughs> um, and I know what the NBA was thinking is heat bucks was the NBA TV series. They did yeah. not expect the series to be as compelling as they did. And flipping Grizzlies, yeah. Lakers and heat bucks yeah. um, would have ended up better, but you, you understand it. So no. you ask who can win the NBA championship year I, this year. I will tell you who cannot. And it's Giannis Antetokounmpo no, and the Milwaukee it, Bucks. It, it's insane. Um, they are the the fourth number one seed to lose to an eight seed in a best of seven. Um, they had 58 wins during the regular season. They have an MVP and a guy who might win it this year, but is probably not. He's no. going to be a top three be candidate. Third. Yeah. Uh, in, in Giannis Antetokounmpo against a team that lost its first play-in game. <laughs> like, they lost to the Atlanta Hawks yes. at home. The first ever play-in team to win a playoff series. Yeah, and, and and maybe the Lakers will become the second, but they didn't yesterday. Yeah, so this is, you mentioned, fourth one seed upset of eight seed in a seven-game series, sixth overall, uh, first playing team to win a series. It's it's by win-loss record because the, the Heat had a pretty good regular season. It's only the 12th biggest upset. Um, but if you go by pre-series betting odds, yeah. it's the fifth biggest series upset in NBA history. Yeah, and Or tracks. at least as far back as we have data on, which I that, think goes to the mid-70s. 100% track. So that seems bad. And naturally, the line of questioning towards the Bucks and specifically Giannis Antetokounmpo was about looking back at this season and what to make of it. Um, and, and the clip that's making rounds on Twitter, uh, I was commenting on, and Blake, uh, I'm sure you have thoughts on, mm-hmm. was a question asked to Giannis about whether he views the season as a failure. You asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay, uh, do, you get, do you get the promotion every year? On your job, no, right? So every year you work is a failure, yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able, I don't know, um, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success, you know. And if you've never, I don't know, I don't want to, 
I don't want to make it personal. So there's always steps to it. You know, um, Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful, some days you're not. Some days it's your turn, some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports is about. You don't always win. Some other, other people's going to win. And this year, somebody else is going to win. Simple as that. We're going to come back next year, try to be better, try to build good habits, try to um, play better, not have a 10-day stretch with uh, playing bad basketball. You know, and hopefully we can win a championship. So 50 years from 1971 to 2021 that we didn't win a championship, it was 50 years of failures. No, it was not. It was steps to it, you know, and we were able to win one. Hopefully we can win another one. You know, I, sorry that I didn't want to make it personal because you asked me the same question last year, and uh, last year I was in the, in the uh, right um, mind space to answer the question back. Okay, so from the outside here, I want to say I love Giannis. Like, I, I, like as a human being, it's just how thoughtful he is mm-hmm. and, like, how compassionate he is to, uh, to the reporter who asked the Eric question. name of the athletic. Yeah, I, I, I have a lot of time for that. I think he's dead wrong, though. Like, I think you pretty clearly can have failures in sports and that this was an epic one. Yeah, I mean, I know there's been a whole discussion about the reporter side of it. Um, Eric Name is, like, not in a in a improper way journalistically, but, like, that's Giannis's guy. Like, that's yeah. the guy who gets the Giannis sit-downs at the yeah. end of seasons and stuff like that. There is a long-standing respect between those two that allows Eric name to ask that question in the way that he did and makes Giannis comfortable giving a long thoughtful answer like that I thought it was like a fine question yeah I've no seen some it. real garbage about it today yeah. including from Mark Cuban who we'll by the way that I have the, t- the tweet I'm just gonna say <laughs> Mark Cuban loses all credibility he tried to he tried to oh, take away goodness. a reporter's credential one time because the reporter reported oh, on something he didn't like and the oh, league had to step God. in and oh, be right. like ah uh, no. <laughs> no no you can't we'll do that um so the media side of it Thought it was a fair question. I actually think, you know, certainly they're over the course of a whole press conference that they'll do exit interviews later this week or early next week. There will be more specific and thoughtful questions. I actually think a guy who has a relationship with a player like Giannis just laying it out there as do you evaluate this season as a failure is like a pretty good starting point for the conversation. And I loved how thoughtful Giannis was about it to not make it personal, to draw parallels, to draw on Michael Jordan's experience, the experience of the Bucks on the way up. I'm sure the fact that before they won a championship, they had not won a championship four years in a row um, while being a playoff team, including losing the Raptors a couple of mm-hmm. times. Um, I thought it was all great. And I do think that that kind of thoughtfulness and that kind of sentiment is a good kind of counter to rings culture where it, only one team has a good year at any point in time. There were years on the way up for the Bucks where they didn't win the championship, but you could absolutely say that yeah. wasn't a failure. It was a building season. For sure. You won a championship two years ago. <laughs> you are the best player in the world probably right now. Yeah. You came in as the one seed and the favorite to win the NBA championship, and you lost in five games to a team that was one loss away from not even being in the playoffs. Uh, it is. I, I love a lot yeah. about that. 
I think the failure. The outcome is uh, <laughs> of failure. Yeah. It's binary, right? Yeah, and you're right. Not everything is binary. And even if they'd gotten to it, because there is only one champion, right? Yeah, and like, if they had lost to Kevin Durant in a seven game, or they lost finals, to the Celtics again, okay, or the 76ers whatever, or whatever, like convince there me were a lot of very failure, good teams, but you lost it's a failure. Yeah, There's and you, nobody that can look at what happened and say that that wasn't a failure. No, it, and it was so dramatic. Where like again, you're the you're not only the favorites in this series you're the favorites to win it all potentially and you won a title two years ago and like again it's the fifth largest upset in in basketball history Twitter by betting odds rails with it though they're like hey but you know like work hard and like it's like it wasn't a whole failure like everybody and we grew along okay what are we talking here's, about here here's the other thing too is like like let's say this series had played out a different way where um you know, and it's worth keeping in mind, Giannis played this series hurt and he missed the game yes. and, and played like he was getting IVs up to yeah. game time some days. Like Giannis was not full Giannis. That that's relevant context. Um there there's a lot that goes into this stuff. If, if it had been, you know, let's say it was the Lakers who beat them and LeBron had looked hundred percent LeBron and like you could understand certain ways of of understanding the loss. They lost game one, it was an upset. They won game two. They lost game three, which you could chalk up as the we don't have Giannis anywhere near Giannis levels game. And, and Jimmy then, Butler had one of the greatest postseason games of all time. Oh, that was game four. And then they just kept losing. Yeah. And they didn't come out of their base defensive strategy. They didn't find a way to limit Jimmy Butler. Now we're going to get they, to the next thing. Yeah. So the I, I think I, I feel for Giannis, especially coming through that series, like pretty banged up. And, and look, he did not have uh, a very good series by... Giannis standards and, and we know his flaws at the end of game where and yeah like, and even the free throw the, shooting the, is downright well, Raptor that's that's, that's it I mean I don't know. I, I but it, it was an incredible play actually at the end of the game to, to save the ball from going out of bounds after mm-hmm. they win the tip after the reverse call and he throws it away because yeah. he's uh, doesn't want to shoot the free throws yeah but and even you can take a step back because we're going to get the Mike Budenholzer that's, and yeah the fact that Giannis didn't take the tip when I, I get it, Brooke Lopez does your jump balls normally, but Giannis but then, is bigger, longer, has a, a better jump. And he's and not getting the ball to get fouled. Exactly. Brooke Lopez is also well, a better I free mean, throw shooter than Giannis is. There's a million is. things, including uh, not, not using the timeout. Time yeah. Half a second left. And hey, I know it's unlikely. But, I mean, just ask the guy that was playing on the other team, Kyle Lowry, like how, how you can get a shot yes. off uh, in, in that amount so, of time or even less. Here's here's what I think you need to know about Mike Budenholzer and mm-hmm. where the Milwaukee Bucks are right like now and, and part of this. On. Yeah. Yeah, he's like Elmer Fudd when the hat got blown yeah. off. Um, 2015, when he was with the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. That team lost four straight games to Cleveland in a sweep. That's okay. It's the LeBron James Cavs. Who didn't lose to them yeah. in a sweep a couple times, right? 2016, uh, they lose four straight to Cleveland in a sweep again. Even that, you can get past. Okay. You're losing twice in a row to those LeBron Cavs in a sweep? Uh, who, who could who could relate? 2019, they go up 2 nothing against the Raptors and then lose in four straight. 2020, they lose three straight on their way to losing to Miami in five. And now they lose three straight to Miami on their way to losing in five. This is a coach who has long been criticized for sticking to the macro plan and what works over 82 and trusting the system and trusting the math and being very, very firm in that and not making adjustments around that. It was something that we learned very, very well in the Raptors Buck series. It was a, Boy, howdy. it was a, Eric name. And I had a lot of conversations about like, when is that adjustment coming? And, and it just never came. And the Hawks, you can get there with it because that was a specifically unique, like three seed team. Like they, yeah. that's just what they were built for. Yeah. And then the bucks on the way up, you can understand it maybe a little bit, but this has happened an awful lot with Mike Budenholzer. 
I know he has a championship. I know he has a coach of the year award. I know that he installs a good 82 game system that guys can stick to and uh, all that stuff. I know if Messiah Jerry was the president of the Bucks, he'd be fired today. And look, I don't, I don't know his contract situation offhand. I know the yeah, Bucks are, um, the Bucks are generally a pretty patient organization. Sure. And I guess, and you it's, have to defer to Giannis too a, a little bit, and, and what he wants. And I'm, I'm sure he would like to to keep him around. But it this is like a, they have a nice relationship. This is a real bad track record at this point. Of once you figure a Mike Budenholzer team out, you've got him figured out. Yep. And the fact that they won a championship around that. Mm all the credit to him. There was not a lot of adjusting as that went. They swept the heat that year. Awesome. They needed seven to beat the KD going all universe in that series. Yeah. Totally understand. The Hawks probably shouldn't have been in the Eastern conference finals. Yeah. That was a bit of a fool's well, goal. Then it still they, took six games. I mean, and they, they did need seven to beat that KD team by himself. He was by himself. Like everybody yeah. was hurt and they were like a toe on the, on the line mm-hmm. away from not winning that series. Anyway, you a, a lot of things have to go your way to win an NBA championship, sure. right? So you can you can get there, but none of those series wins had any sort of like firm Budenholzer fingerprint on where it's like that was a great coaching performance or that was a great adjustment. It was just we're going to stick to the system because we were the best team in the regular season. We have the best player in the world at this moment, and it worked out for them. I kind of think the Bucks might have more than one championship right now if Mike Budenholzer wasn't the coach, and I don't want to fire a guy from you know, a couple hundred miles away, but it's really hard to see how things are different next year with a core. That's going to be even older. That yeah. doesn't have a lot of off season flexibility at all. And that is going to return a coach who has shown us now that, yeah, the fastball is really good, but there's no secondary offering. If you're sitting fastball, you can get there. And that's wow. a lot of what the heat did. You're going to give up. You know, we know what the Milwaukee Bucks system gives up defensively. We've known for a long time. The Heat shot an outlier percentage on pull-up jumpers in that series. Yeah. But you got to find a way to adjust, especially now that you're the favorite. Well, you're playing a strategy that's like, oh, yeah, well, the math will work in our favor. you got to I know a guy who act will like adjust. the favorite. I know a guy who likes to adjust. I mean, I joked about it on Twitter. Half, I mean, half I, joked about it. I mean, who, I mean, we talked about it when Nick Nurse was fired here that, hey, yeah, Houston makes sense. And they had the G League connection, yada, yada, yada. But also the possibility of him sitting back and relaxing and seeing who gets eliminated from the postseason. And even outside of that, maybe waiting out a year and seeing who's eliminated next year and seeing if there's a more attractive spot. Well, I mean, if Mike Budenholzer is fired and you have a chance to go coach a team whose best player has already won a title, is an MVP candidate and will be year over year over year barring injury, I, and, and and if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, she was on the other foot. Like you want a guy that will adjust, like say what you will about Nick nurse and, and his staunch staunchness about playing the starters a lot during the regular season. I mean, we saw in, I, I know boxing one is now like a thing you see in like every postseason game ever. Right. Janky. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's that was Nick nurse broke it out in the NBA finals. I, I, I think if you're a Bucks fan, you are one. Yeah, really expecting, hoping that you, you're looking for a ne- another head coach. And two, you know, if, if you can't beat him, join him thing with the Nick Nurse, the guy that put you in a body bag in, in 2019. How are you not making him number one on your list of priorities? Well, I will tell you this right now, that it's not a you projecting onto the Milwaukee Bucks fan base. I was talking to Eric Name, the reporter in that clip earlier yeah. today, and yeah. it is, he 
What do you say? Uh, yeah, just his mentions are flooding with it uh, of Nick Nurse. Doesn't it make sense? It does make some what, sense. What, does it make sense from Nick's perspective? Because it's not a Houston thing where it's like you're well, not you, a ground. You have a chance Giannis to win a is title Giannis. I, I think any any time you have a chance to drop into a win now situation with a top five player in the world, it's it's extremely interesting and. I don't know how much coaches look at things like, oh, well, the cap sheet and the asset sheet, you, you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, and that's, yeah. a, that's a pretty exciting thing to build a defense with and build an offense around. And just like, you know, the next couple of years are going to be competitive and, and fun and all eyes on you. Um, yeah, there's a real pressure that comes with that as well. But yeah, I don't know. I, it would it would make sense to me on paper, but I also like we're speculating ahead of knowing like, I, I don't. I actually don't think Budenholzer is going to get fired just because the Bucks have been so patient with That's things, it. and so I mean there was yeah, uh, but yeah, before they won their title, yeah, it's twenty nineteen. There was a lot of you know, and, and a lot had to happen for them to move off of Jason Kidd. Like he had yeah, to he had to make a failed like Kendall Roy yeah. play for the presidency <laughs> of the organization <laughs> before he was finally removed. There, it's uh, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Chat GPT being the the next no. uh, 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 you know? roving uh sports reporter as uh, mark cuban tweeted out no thank you uh speaking of sports reporter though just while we're on the coaching thing adrian wojnarowski of espn reporting today that the raptors have are co- casting a wide net and have gathered permission to interview several top assistants through the process including kenny atkinson from golden state charles lee from milwaukee kevin young from phoenix mitch johnson san antonio a bunch of other names all right. Chris Quinn from the Heat, too. Okay. Well, that's interesting. That'll be uh, a story that uh, picks up steam. And Becky Hammond. Oh, boy. You want to talk about making some waves? That would be a lot of fun. Anyways, uh, that was your uh, slice of NBA basketball. Let's go watch some hockey. 360. We're, we're going to go watch some hockey right now, as I imagine you are as well. Uh, Leafs, Lightning, Game 5 on Sportsnet. This has been the fan drive time. Ben Ennis, Blake Murphy on Sportsnet 360. See you later.